Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. G'day, everyone. Now don't panic, I haven't mucked up the schedule, just thought I'd share a couple of things with you. If you listen to the previous episode on the Cowra Breakout, you'd know that I've been on a trip around Queensland. There are a couple of things from that trip which are relevant to this podcast, so just throwing in a special non-episode kind of thing. First up, if you're in the Cairns area, then I encourage you to check out the Australian Armour and Artillery Museum. They're not sponsoring this podcast or anything like that, it's just that I was so impressed, I reckon everyone should have a look. The museum is the hobby of a private collector, and my initial thoughts were along the lines of sounds good, probably a couple of rusted out old hulks and maybe one or two restored items. Well, I'm happy to say I couldn't have been more wrong, or wronger, or whatever. Either way, I was wrong. You walk in, and the front counter is shaped like a tank hull. Then you walk past a divider and look up rows of fully restored tanks and artillery pieces from around the world, but particularly Britain, America, Germany, and Russia but there are also many examples from other countries. I won't spoil it for you by telling you everything, but as Molly Meldrum used to say, do yourself a favour and check it out. But now on to the main things I wanted to share. First up, during the trip we visited some towns which are quite remote even today, but in 1914 and 1939 they would have been a completely different world to Europe and all the trouble that was going on there. But no matter how remote, one thing every small town has is a war memorial. No doubt you've driven past many a memorial in your hometown or bigger ones in the capital cities. But one thing that hits you when you do a tour and see these is, I don't know, it just sort of bangs home just how the war reached into every corner of this country. There is not a single community which at some point hasn't felt the tragedy of war. Some plaques may only have a handful of names, but considering that in the early and mid 20th century, the populations of these towns would barely fill a modern school bus. Even a small number of men losing their lives overseas must have had a devastating effect. It also hits hard when you look at a plaque and see the same surname repeated multiple times. Sometimes just twice, but other three, four, and I even saw one that had six of the same surname lost in World War I. So what does that mean? Well, it means that for one family, they've lost sons, brothers, uncles, cousins, who, under different circumstances, would have worked the properties, developed the land, and provided some kind of prosperity for the family. Instead, they fill graves in Gallipoli, France, or the Middle East. You can barely imagine just how devastating that must have been. And that's why those obelisks and statues in towns throughout the country are vital. They not only show just how far wars reach, but also document the impact those wars had on the people at home, waiting and hoping that no more of their young men would be lost. And finally, while I was up in Cairns, I was sitting around the fire pit in the mate's backyard and he says, I reckon I've got something you'd be interested in. So off he goes and he comes back with a couple of laminated documents. Documents which, despite my near obsession with all things World War I and Australian, I had never seen. They are two letters sent to Ernest Austin Ainscoe of Woodend via Cairns. Both were laminated with a date stamped and hand addressed envelope. The first was dated 15th of December 1915 and was from none other than William M. Hughes, or Billy Hughes as he was more commonly known, the Prime Minister of Australia. Its title was The Call to Arms. Now, as I read this out to you, imagine you're a 17 or 18-year-old lad in far north Queensland, you're a mechanic's assistant in a remote and probably unadventurous part of the world, 
and you're looking forward to a life of pretty much drudgery and repetition, and then you receive this. Dear Sir, the present state of war imperatively demands that the exercise of the full strength of the Empire and its allies should be put forth. In this way only can speedy victory be achieved and lasting peace secured. If those rights and privileges for which Australian democracy has struggled for so long and values dearer than life itself are to be preserved, Prussian military despotism must be crushed once and for all. The resources of the Allies are more than adequate for this task, but they must be marshalled. To wage this war with less than our full strength is to commit national suicide by slowly bleeding to death. Our soldiers have done great things in this war. They have carved for Australia a niche in the temples of the immortals. Those who have died fell gloriously, but had the number of our forces been doubled, many brave lives would have been spared. The Australian armies would long ago be camping in Constantinople and the world war would be practically over. We must put forth all our strength. The more men Australia sends to the front, the less the danger will be to each man. Not only victory, but safety belongs to the big battalions. Australia turns to you for help. We want more men. 50,000 additional troops are to be raised to form new units of the expeditionary forces. 16,000 men are required each month for reinforcements at the front. This Australia of ours, the freest and best country on God's earth, calls to her sons for aid. Destiny has given you a great opportunity. Now is the hour you can strike a blow on her behalf. If you love your country, if you love freedom, then take your place alongside your fellow Australians at the front and help them to achieve a speedy and glorious victory. On behalf of this Commonwealth Government and in the name of the people of Australia, I ask you to answer yes to this appeal and do your part in this greatest war of all time. Yours truly, W.M. Hughes, Prime Minister of Australia. Bloody hell, stirring stuff, eh? And it must have worked because the second document, dated 25th of February 1916, is titled Instructions to Recruits Joining the Australian Imperial Force. What to do and how to do it. I won't bore you by reading that out, but it tells the young lad what permissions he may require if he's underage, what to bring to the enlistment office and how to conduct themselves while there. So in these two documents you see the beginning of Ernest Ainsco's war. First, the stirring letter. He's obviously responded and been sent the second document and now he's off to join up. Like me, when I read this, you're probably asking, what happened to Ernest? Well, it appears he joined the AIF on the 3rd of June 1916, aged 18. He ended up with the 47th Battalion as a signaller and arrived in France on 19th of June 1917. Two months later, Ernest and the 47th were in the trenches in Belgium. Documents on the Australian War Memorial website state what happened next. On 11th of August, Ernest was in a dugout which received a direct hit from an artillery shell. Six men were killed outright and 11, including Ernest, were wounded. Ernest had lost a leg in the blast and was stretched back to the casualty clearing station where he died the next day. He had been in the war for only two months and was only aged 19 when he died. I've put photos of the documents onto the Australian Military History Podcast website as well as a copy of the War Memorial document relating to Ernest's death. In these documents you can trace one man's journey from a youth in far north Queensland to a fallen soldier in Belgium. Anyway, I just wanted to share that with you. Um, we'll be back to normal programming with the next scheduled episode to be released on the 9th of September. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.